You're listening to nothing important. We're talking about our podcast. Let's pretend this podcast is legit. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the same basic thing. Yep. Please enjoy the show. This is the Nothing Important Podcast. My name is Brian, and with me, as always, is the half-off sale at the Dollar Tree, Dave. Dave, how's it going? I got a new trumpet. (laughs) At the Dollar Tree? (laughs) That's right. The $600 tree. (laughs) Dave and I also host It's All Good, Man, The Better, Better Call Saul podcast. You can find that on iTunes or at itsallgoodman.com. And on the third mic, again, with us today for like the third recording in a row is Charlie Brown's body double, Jeff Fink. I'm wearing the yellow and zigzag t-shirt right now. (laughs) Black and yellow, black and yellow, like Wiz Khalifa, baby. Mm Mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know why I say that is a lot of people actually think that Charlie Brown is bald with a little tuft of hair. Uh huh. But he's not. He just has a really close crew cut, yes. and his hair is so white and translucent that it, that you know when they draw him, it looks like he's bald. But if there was like a real Charlie Brown, he would he would have a bright white crew cut. And uh, Fink's hair is quite blonde, or Jeff's Almost hair see-through. is quite blonde. <laughs> Almost see through. Well, that's yeah. just yeah. A, <laughs> that's just a cowlick, right? It's much like, it's much like the fur on a polar bear. (laughs) Right. Exactly. He's actually black on the inside, much like me. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You are very Afro-Caucasian. I've seen you dance. You got some moves. Thank you. We we waltzed together. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That was classy though. So the Charlie Brown lookalike also, wait, no, the Charlie Brown body double wins Lance Bass lookalike contests. That's for all the listeners out there so they can picture exactly what I look like. <laughs> Lance Bass plus Charlie Brown. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, With a dash coming of up uh, later on. <laughs> 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 coming up a little bit later on the show, Kay Warren is going to call in from the Mars One Project, and I, I find that incredibly fascinating. I know uh, there's a little bit of controversy out there. Some folks think it's uh, some sort of scam. Other people think it's completely legit. Mm-hmm. Um that's that's not really what our deal is. I, I'm kind of more intri- intrigued by her, uh, her just kind of willing to be sent off into the cosmos. <laughs> like, because <laughs> like, like, I mean, I, I sit there and I think about that. You know, there's people who have kids that have volunteered for that, and obviously, I'm sure there's people that are like mildly suicidal and like, ah, oh, fuck it, let's see what happens, kind of people. But um, it, I, I just find that incredibly intriguing that somebody would. Uh, pretty much, you know, take their, you're pretty much taking your life out like a prolonged, <laughs> prolonged exit. Well, you are, yeah, you are permanently in theory, removing yourself from this world of existence, but, uh, from the Absolutely. one sentence I read, it's to go colonize. So I wouldn't think it'd be somebody that, you know, would want to end their life. They're looking forward to a new start. Maybe they think they're awesome enough that the Anus entire heart. civilization should be part of their DNA strand. The fucking narcissists. 
Right, but you, I mean, but that's a reality that you would have to face. Right, yeah. Like, if you sign up for for it, I mean, I would say chances are probably probably more likely than not that, that well, one, number one, it's 100% the end of the line, but yeah. <laughs> but I, I'd say that the, <laughs> the chances of making it to colonization is probably way less than the chances of you either overshooting or dying on the way there, because it takes like a month and a half to get there. Right, yeah. With current technology, but they've developed something that could get, get you there in a couple of weeks supposedly fairly recently well well we'll have to find out uh in the meantime dave uh are you playing fantasy football this year uh yeah i'm i needed 22 points out of jeremy langford this evening okay so you're gonna have to explain that to jeff and i because jeff and i are in this uh fantasy football league with (laughs) i think there's actually two people that watch football in the league (laughs) three yeah Three people from Sweden, uh-huh. <laughs> and, and then uh, Jeff and I. Who? Uh, when's the last time you've actually watched a football game, Jeff? Like actually sat down and on purpose watched it? Yeah. It probably would have been never. <laughs> it always just happens to you. It's always it's it, it's on in the background, or it's the theme of like why I'm at a place, usually just to <laughs> hang out and drink. Uh, yeah. uh, right. So I, I I see it passively. Yeah. Gotcha. 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 Yeah, I I would like to uh, say uh, I have done absolutely nothing, including setting up my fantasy football team. I was <laughs> I uh, I gave naming rights off to whoever would want to draft my people, and that was our friend Tim, who has also been on the podcast, and uh, he named it uh, Brian's Dandy Football Team or something like that. Yes. Yeah, but uh, I am kicking ass. Really, are you now? Yeah, I think you're. Uh, you might be two and zero this week. That's right. So congratulations. Undefeated. 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 Right. Have you even opened the app to actually look at it? No, but I did download it yesterday, so that's pretty sweet. <laughs> One step in the right direction. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I'm two and oh, two and oh, two and oh, one and one and one and one. I don't even understand how projected scores or any wait, of that works. Wait, like, so you're playing five leagues, Dave? Something like that, yeah. That's Does just that the ones that I have money, money on. <laughs> <laughs> But well, I, today I made, I thought it was interesting. I made a comment like, you know, the football's actual games are Thursday through Monday mm-hmm. with the Friday Saturday break for college football and Friday, right? Or whatever. Yeah. It's uh, high school football. Actually, Friday. yeah, high school football Friday. Sorry, it's to me it's like mildly anxiety inducing because you have the one <laughs> game that starts out and you have like one person that may be playing it. And then you have to wait two days, and then like everything happens. Right. But you don't get your final thing until after the Monday game, right. which only you might have one person in. I would. I just want it to be over. Like <laughs> unless I have money on it, I just want it to be over. That's that's part of the joy of it. Like it's weird because you still want to experience things in real time, so people get obsessed with their stat trackers and stuff because you want to be in the moment with it. I'm pretty. But uh, I, yeah, it's just my. I'm pretty thing. much just there to talk shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's fun. It's, I look at it as a competition, and like there's a league I've been in for 12 years, and the running thing is that I don't pay my dues until the season's over because I've only had to pay my dues twice. Like I've won money 10 out of 12 years in this freaking league. I'm pretty good at fantasy so football. You're, so you're playing fantasy right. football on credit? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, it's just a joke because Constantly it, it got, on credit. when we realized that I was cashing every year, I just started telling the guy, look, look, when I finally lose, I'll pay you. And uh, it's happened twice. Uh, you know, now, I pay uh, up. See, I, I don't even understand how it works. Okay, so my team is made up of completely random people from the NFL, correct? 
Uh, yes. Yes. Right? Yeah, because, again, I, I didn't even draft anybody. I guess uh, our friend Tim, who set it up for me, put it on auto-draft, so I don't even think he knows who I picked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure but, Yahoo picked your people for yes, you. Yahoo, yeah. The All Yahoo right. experts picked the people for you, yes. Gotcha. Okay. And so what happens, say, like uh, like John Smith is playing this week and gets injured, but he's on my team, so then he can't earn me any points. Is that how it works? Say the last part, he's injured on your team, but what? And and can't play, but he's on my team, so therefore he can't earn me any points towards my overall team. Is that how it works? Yeah, they don't count like the yards the ambulance goes. They don't count so what? like the yards the ambulance travels. That was a Dave type joke that yeah. happened in there. I got it. I understood it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, no, and th- that's what <laughs> that's one thing that sucks is that if your guy is hurt, if your guy's hurt, he's done. He's just not going to get you any more points. And some leagues have an injured okay. reserve spot, so you can stash him and then put somebody else in his place till he comes back. But a lot mm-hmm. of leagues don't, and then that's all strategy, my friend. Gotcha. Now, am I supposed to be managing this? Am I supposed to be moving people in and out of the? If you want to win, yes. So I've been mildly paying attention again. And <laughs> That's how you win. I did the real. Leagues. You win. I did the real draft, but uh-huh. I don't. I, like I said, I don't watch football at all, whatever. Right. So I nerded it and took. You the engineered two hundred <laughs> science. The I shit engineered out of it. it. <laughs> I, I I took the top two hundred pre-draft things. Uh, and put everyone's name on a list, and then if they were number one, that means they got 200 points, and then I did that for all five, and then I averaged them together, and then that's how I then moved them by position to running backs, wide receivers, whatever, and that's how I set up my draft. So it was totally statistically nerdy. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've not done too bad. I got an A- for my draft. But... (laughs) uh, You got a grade but you do. Yahoo grades everything. Uh, they grade your weekly yeah. performance, really? dude. You'll get a performance chart every week. Tells you like what you could have done better, points you missed out on, what would have happened if you played every game this season against each other. It's, it gets way too statistic. I don't even pay attention that much to statistics. I go by gut feeling and what I see from watching football for 36 years. But what I did Five figure out years. is you do have to get on every once in a while and switch your people around depending on like if they're playing a good team or a right. shitty team. Yeah. Like every time that your team plays the Browns, hashtag Browns lives matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Every time they play the Browns, you play you your put like back. everyone. Yeah. You play everybody. If they're you, playing the it Bears, matter. I made the mistake of sitting Ryan Matthews for Todd Gurley this week. Another team I put him in because I was like, oh, it's, you know, you, you win fantasy leagues by being active, really. That's all it is. So, this is a. Uh... This is so out of my wheelhouse. <laughs> like I'm listening and all I'm hearing is uh, names of people that I'll never meet <laughs> or probably never talk to. Well, this Here's, is like when I listen to people talk about SummerSlam or something or you know some other Royal Rumble, whatever, WWE thing or the next Marvel movie. I was just watching, uh, uh, oh shit, Captain America Civil Bitch Fight or whatever the hell that is. Hold that thought. I think, I think that's Kay calling. Give us one second. All right, gentlemen, on the Someone Important Hotline, we have Kay Radnick Warren from the Mars One Project, and uh, we were just talking about how I was going to mess up her name, and I think I just butchered it, didn't I, Kay? Oh, yeah, but, you know, that's okay. 
<laughs> You're hanging out. We have uh, we have uh, Dave and Jeff with us. They're joining us uh, tonight. Hello, okay. Say hi, hi, Dave. Okay. Hi, hi. How you guys doing? We're doing fantastic. Good, how are you? So, so I'm great. So, who's the blue uh, dinosaur and who's the gray dinosaur? I am the gray dinosaur, oh, that, Dave. Dave is the gray dinosaur. Yep, yep and okay. I'm the blue one. My You're my wife actually one? made. Yep, I'm I'm the blue one, Brian. My wife actually made those for us, and uh, Jeff is actually a new partner of our team. So I'm going to have to have my wife make him a dinosaur costume as well. Oh yeah, you, you need to enlarge the uh, flock. I'm currently <laughs> spineless. So. <laughs> yeah, but he hasn't quite evolved yet. So, uh, Kay, thank you so much for coming on. Nothing important. We're glad to have you. And uh, Mars One, uh, absolutely intriguing. Uh, I guess to put it in its most basis, basic uh, description would be you are volunteering to go to Mars one way and never come back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, uh, it, what is it? It's 2026, I believe, is the planned flight. Um, uh, how long have you been in the process of being a candidate for Mars One? Well, it's been ongoing for about three years right now. Uh, when the initial application started, um, 202,586 people applied. Wow. And it's, it's, yeah, it's down right. to 100. Wow. And see, like, I don't even want to go to the to the mall. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> Why, so uh, what what is it about about potentially going to Mars? What what made Kay say, you know what, this is for me. I'm I'm totally okay with this. Um, well, basically, my whole thought is being a space fan all my life. I just know that uh, interplanetary settlement is is an inevitability, you know, within our species because sure. we've always kind of done that. We've migrated. And what better way to, you know, uh, create a buzz and um, instill hope in people and just get mainly to uh, get the, uh, the the young people excited about space travel in general. I, I do a lot of talks to schools and rotaries and et cetera, et cetera. I'll be speaking at the Mars Society Convention this week. And I think the main thing is is to get it in our psyche that it's okay to want to go to another planet at this stage in our <laughs> our species development. I guess <laughs> I don't want to get too philosophical about it. <laughs> well, you kind of had to be to be in this situation, right? I mean, this is not an easy decision to make or an easy uh, something to even attempt to apply for. I mean, it's I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. Your reasons for going would be taken into account for being an applicant, right? Yeah. Um, well, basically, you know, I, I kind of look back at my life and look at my life now and, and I just love, I'm a maker. I do stuff. And I really kind of thought about it after going on the website and seeing um, how sound their mission is and, um, you know, money notwithstanding it. I, it looked like a very doable thing. It looks like a very doable thing, I should say. And the fact that um, a, a colonization effort is is not something to be taken lightly, but I look at it as um, a progression. So I think that the first, my, my whole thing is that it's going to have to be done in baby steps. And the first outpost they ever have, whoever does it, whether it be Musk or NASA or 
you know, uh, China or whoever sets up that initial um, outpost or outpost, I should say, it's going to be have to be a very basic crew that are into just, you know, surviving and making it work. You mm-hmm. can't send up the baby makers and the scientists and, you know, all that stuff <laughs> all at once. Right. If that makes any sense, you need sure. somebody who, you know, you need a crew and it's going to be 12 initially. You need a, a crew that's going to ensure that it's going to work because if the mission fails, it's going to set everything back a right. long time. And you need people who are, you know, resilient and adaptable and can do everything and who are content with living in small spaces like I am. I'm quite tiny. And <laughs> <laughs> we have to make oxygen decisions, right? <laughs> but yeah, but most definitely, you know, the you know, the first wave, it's not gonna be a colony until the first outpost works. And I I I, I I like to think that I have what it takes to make something like that work in the very beginning because a hundred years from now, it's going to grow and it's going to grow and more more and more people. And maybe then we can start thinking about, you know, a larger colony that's self-supporting, you know, and I realized I, I understand the risks and I, and I think that I'm, you know, being a maker and being a gardener and doing, you know, all, all the stuff myself, I eat my own food and, you know, things like that. I think that that's the kind of person that you're going to want to send in the first wave. The, you know, the, yeah. the mechanical, yeah, mechanically inclined. Yeah, I mean, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah, uh, it sounds like a better planned Jamestown. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, you know, kind of like that, but a surviving Jamestown. And in a closed-loop exactly. yeah, closed system, if you think about it, um, you know, it, it, Mars wants to kill you, right? right. <laughs> I mean, everything <laughs> about it wants to kill you. But, you know, with the right equipment and the right people and, you know, the and the money, of course, that's always a barrier to anything, whether mm-hmm. it be a public space program right. or a private space program. But- right. And that's a uh, we were kind of talking about that a little bit off the air before. um uh, be, before you called, uh, the money seems to obviously be the biggest barrier. And there are the naysayers out there who think that, you know, uh, part of my candor, but think that this is some sort of grand, grand, uh, scam <laughs> to get money from various sources. And, you know, and I, I mean, I mean, are you, are you confident that the money will be raised to put this plan into motion? You know, that's a little out of my purview. Mm-hmm. The the most I could do is be a great citizen and a great member of the human species mm-hmm. and to look forward to our potential. I mean, I look at us as a species and we're we're heinously cruel and we're so mean to each other, but yet we can send a little tiny washing machine sized lander and land on a comet out by Pluto, you know, <laughs> for science. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I mean we're we're capable of so so much. Right. And I, I kind of tend to look forward in that regard. So, you know, as far as the, the, um, the business side of it, I totally trust in the Mars One Foundation. So it's a, it's a nonprofit organization. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and I give them, you know, my moral support and everything. Um, and I, you know, 
I look forward, and I do have a lot of faith in them, if faith is what you call it. I have confidence in them that they will do whatever it takes to get mm. this outpost going. Absolutely. You know, and you know, so I, in other words, I, I don't know how to answer that question, okay. you know, because I'm because it's out of my purview, but I sure. can just, you know, get everybody excited about this. And I also am a member of the Mars Society and I, I donate a lot of my time to them. And uh, so it's not just for me, it's not just Mars One, it's the whole um, Mars colonization effort that I'm, yeah. I'm an advocate of. You know, and I'd say you'd probably be pretty hard-pressed to find anybody that isn't intrigued about the idea of colonizing Mars or going to Mars. I mean, you know, for for the entire uh, history, you know, recorded history of man, ever since, you know, they started charting the stars and stuff, there's always been that big dream of, you know, going <laughs> to, you know, first it was the moon and then going to a planet like Mars. And, and there's just such a lore and aura about it, uh, you know, it, it, at the very least, it, it's great that the the conversation is getting going, and um, you know, folks like you are, are out there actually making step towards it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. well, well, thanks. You know, glad you mentioned that. You know, like I, I do say, Mars wants to kill you, but Mars is the most. Um, it, it seems like, at least to me, from you know, and I follow the rovers, and I, you know, I follow a lot of the stuff that NASA is doing as well on Mars. Um, I mean, it's got water, it's got gravity, it's got, um, you know, it has a 24-hour day, it has seasons, it has, you know, a a huge temperature range. I mean, it's like, you know, um, hella cold, but yet yet if you're in the northern hemisphere, you know, there are summer, summer days that are, you know, 80 degrees Fahrenheit. I mean, it's not like it's uh, unfeasible. It's not like Venus or Jupiter, right? right. It, it's the most right. Earth. It's the most Earth-like planet there, and and I really look forward to the science as well because a lot of the a lot of there's a lot of speculation about uh, prehistoric life on Mars. Mm-hmm. They're finding meteors on Earth that are from Mars that have maybe some remnant of some bacterial thing and just, just the implications of finding finding any sort of life or or um you know past life on Mars has a lot of cosmic in, implication to our place in the cosmos in my opinion. What absolutely what, you mentioned what is, ahead, Dave. I'll say what what is your thought about that perhaps uh we colonized Earth from Mars at one point, human civilization was on Mars, and it came to Earth because that—that would be fascinating. And then we go back and recolonize it. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, it, it would have been more microbial than anything, and also <laughs> millions of years ago. But yeah, you know, there there are those implications, and um, it, it, it makes us more a, a planetary uh, planetary life. You know, I don't want to say species alone, but just mm. the life on Earth. It is it, it, it. The implication is we're a lot more connected to yeah. our planetary brothers and sisters than than we ever thought. And I think that that in and of itself. I mean, if 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 all we get is boots on the ground to do that sort of science, I I would be more than you know happy to to live my life out you know helping doing that. And I'm I'm doing that on a daily basis. And, you know educating people and getting people psyched for it and 
I make a lot of people laugh and I make a lot of people roll their eyes, but hey, <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> so, we know all about making people roll their eyes. <laughs> so where, 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 I'm sorry, uh, the, where, where they at as far as determining the, the, the actual first wave of people, you're, you're in the, the last 100 or so candidates. What are they looking to boil it down to for the, for the first round? Well, sometime next year or the year after, it, you know, again, it's, you know, it's a financial base. It's a private company. So again, I have all the patients in the world, which is one, you know, aspect of, uh, what they're looking for in a colonist. But basically they're going to go from uh, 100 down to 24 mm-hmm. in um, a series of, of, of group uh, team, uh, you know, team. Uh, a series of challenges, each like more that, difficult than the last challenges and things like that. Yeah. And those 24, will be employees of Mars One moving forward. And they will be doing the 10 to 15-year training um, with Mars One. Now, Mars One is, again, it's a a foundation. And uh, they are the ones that are financing it. They are not a a rocket company like SpaceX. They're not, you know, they're not an engineering firm or anything of that. But they are are basically the, the, the money people. And the ones with the vision and the ones with the mission, and they have some. They have a great set of advisors, and you know, I, I really respect a lot of them. You can see the list of advisors on their website. But um, my, my point being is that the selection process will happen, and there, you know, it's mainly a lot of psychology, really, huh. because you know, you can train anybody to to rocket or pilot a rocket or pull a tooth or, you know, repair a, a, you know, a circuit board, but you can't teach compassion or teamwork or taking one for the team. You know, that, that it's really highly important to, um, you know, collect, I should say, you know, people who are, um, are really forward thinking and looking forward to, um, this tiny, tiny, small step in a series of larger and larger steps. So their, you know, their selection process is going to be pretty thorough. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, well, out of nearly a quarter million candidates, as you mentioned earlier, what, what do you think makes you stick out to, to be at least in the, the bottom hundred or the top hundred, I guess to say. You know, uh, uh, gosh, uh, honestly, <laughs> um, Dr. Norbert Kraft is the one that selected, or him and his team selected the, the, the 100. And, um, you know, I, I, he, he has been working, he, he worked with NASA for, for decades and with JAXA, the Japanese, uh, um, the Japanese space agency as well. And um, honestly, I, you know, I, I guess he really knows how to read people. Uh, you know, he himself told me that he can tell right away whether you are astronaut material or not. So, um, you know, I, I think it's because I have a history of just a uh, very doing stuff, making things. I, you know, I, I work in an architecture firm. I, 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 I'm a placemaker <laughs> and, okay. uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm one of the older candidates, which, you know, there you go with that, but they're looking for diversity as well. 
and uh, the 24 that they do select to go through training are, you know, 12 females and 12 males. So um, there's a balance there. And and I've met probably, oh gosh, about half of the 50 and every single one of them are awesome, awesome people. And I, I would, I would look, I look forward to, you know, living my life with any of them. I mean, you know, because they're the most giving, most, you know, work, you know, uh, uh, team oriented people I've ever met. I guess Dr. Kraft did a great job selecting people. Hmm. I mean, yeah, but what makes me, I, I, you know, uh, I'm j- I just be me. You know, I guess that's the main thing. I, you know, when, when he enough. interviewed me, uh, yeah, when he interviewed me on the video, I just resolved just to be myself. And, and I guess he could see that. Which I'm sure that's what they wanted anyway, because you're going to find out eventually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I think that uh, that what they're doing and what they have been doing for the last three years has really kick-started this whole, I think they're responsible for kick-starting this whole bars craze anyway, because four years ago, no one was talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Kay, I I think I speak for all of us where we wish you the absolute best of luck. We we hope that uh, when it does happen, that you're one of the the people flying out there. Nope, Uh, can you hear me? I think some of us are still here. He cuts out sometimes. Start start the clothes out. Yeah. 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 His phone is terrible. Cut, yeah. cut it out, cutting out. Restart the <laughs> fake ending. <laughs> so, so anyway. You're very, you're very welcome. And feel, you know, feel free to message me or anything if you have any other questions. I'm you know, more than happy to, to chat with any one of you guys. Awesome. You, Absolutely. Know, you, have, my, you have my email address now. <laughs> <laughs> well, wonderful. And we'll make sure to put all the uh, information on our website of how people can uh, – can donate or learn more about the Mars One project. Yeah, we'll yeah, have... yeah. Without the sponsors, we're nothing. You know, without the people here on Earth, it's a fail of a failure of a mission. So, you know, first and foremost, I got I got to thank all our supporters. There's just a lot of people out there that are really gunning for us. Absolutely, and we'll have all that information at nothingimportantpodcast.com. K. Radzik Warren. From Mars One candidate. Did I get it? I got it. All right. Yay! <laughs> All right. Kate, thank you so much for uh, calling into Nothing Important. You're very welcome. And thank you for inviting me to talk to you, Brian, Jeff, and, and Dave. Take care, Thanks, you guys. Kay. Bye. Thank you, Kay. Have a good one. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, gentlemen. That was Kay, uh, Kay Radzik Warren from Mars One. <laughs> Man, uh, very cheerful lady. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, she's really looking forward to the opportunity that she possibly has. Yes. Well, I think we talked a little bit about that before. I mean, you kind of have to have that attitude. It's a, it's a long trip, and you're not coming back. So, right, right. You better be all in, or <laughs> I mean, you're gonna get there and be like, "Well, this kind of sucks." Yeah, <laughs> ah, absolutely. <shit. laughs> and you know, it's like uh, it's kind of hard to fathom um, how insane of a trip that would be. Uh, earlier in the week. I went to uh, Chicago's Adler Planetarium. It was free for all Illinois um, residents. So uh, me and the wife, we played hooky. Uh, me playing hooky from not having a job and my wife playing hooky from uh, keeping the family afloat. And we, <laughs> and we went to... Uh, <laughs> As it should be. Yeah, right? And uh, we went to uh, Adler Planetarium and they have a capsule. Uh, f- they have the capsule from Apollo 13 on display there. Oh, the one oh. that slung around the moon? And, yeah, yes. yeah, absolutely, and and it's amazing because 
Yeah, that's when you realize how small it is. I have a Jeep Wrangler, and this thing uh, couldn't be bigger than the Jeep Wrangler that they were just kind of floating in space in. <laughs> three guys, three guys in a, in a Jeep Wrangler flying through space. It's, it's absolutely insane, and, you know. And then you, it sounds like our room at the fraternity house <laughs> <laughs> with with a lot less with a lot less uh, with a lot less half eaten food laying all over the place. <laughs> I'll take care of it. Don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad, I'm glad that call went well. Uh, totally interesting person. And again, we'll have all the information for the Mars One Project up on nothingimportantpodcast.com. Make sure to check it out and make sure to check out uh, Kay Warren. We'll have her Facebook links and all that good stuff. So, guys, I mentioned, uh, as you guys know, and I think I mentioned a couple times on the podcast, uh, I, I don't have a job. I, I quit my last job uh, just because as much as I like my last profession, it, it's hard when your family owns a business and then you also have two kids. And when you're working in the industry, I was where you're basically on call 24 seven, like a doctor, but without the pay, it can kind of grind on you a little bit, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm totally not the dad that's willing to miss uh, taking my daughter to school or <laughs> any right. of that crazy stuff. Fair, all right. And so I've been doing, I've been doing a lot of uh, uh, pretty much what my day consists of. Cause we have a, we have a live in nanny and uh, what my day consists of is she starts at nine o'clock and I leave the house till about six o'clock at night. I'll camp out at like a Starbucks and I'll just sit there and hammer away and like research and do resumes and apply for uh, things that like actually interest me and would give me like a, like a, a better quality of life with my family than my last job. Yeah. Uh, I have gone on um, several interviews and I haven't committed or taken anything yet. Cause like I said, like at this point in my life, you know, I'm older, I, I'm looking for the the right opportunity. And I, you know, we're, we're lucky enough that we can do that. Right. But, um, you know, looking sure. for the right opportunity. Uh, there was like a Friday where I had three job interviews in one day, which is the most taxing thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I literally left at nine in the morning and went to three interviews in one day for three vastly different positions. And I caught myself like forgetting which one I was at and started to interweave answers for like other industries Oh, nice! in the thing. But one of the things I noticed is, uh, and I never really noticed it before, but maybe because I wasn't looking for jobs as hard as I am now, uh, this bullshit question that everybody asks, uh, where it's, uh, why do you want to work for our company? Uh, and every time somebody yeah, asks I hate that. that. That's the biggest, because the answer really is because you're the motherfuckers with the paycheck. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Like, uh, well, wait a minute though. Wait a minute. Let me back something up here. You just said you're looking for the right fit. So they're asking, why do you want to work for a company? That's not your answer. Your answer is that you genuinely like that opportunity and it's an opportunity that interests you. You're not the guy just looking for a paycheck because they're going to talk to guys that are just looking for a paycheck. Right, but I'm I'm looking for the position. Right. Right, you know what I mean? Like I'm looking for the position and the hours and the quality of life. Those like the company but, but really an honest that that question weeds out the people that aren't you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fair enough. Yeah, but you you're interested in the position. You're not just like this place is hiring in cashes paychecks or writes paychecks. You know what I mean? But right, but then as I talk to other people, I know people who um who are also looking for a job or like say a second job, right? Uh-huh. And I just talk with them and I'm like, you know, I'm looking for a job. They're like, yeah, you know, like just for extra money because I want to buy a fucking boat or something. I figured I get a job as <laughs> a, a waiter at, at TGI Fridays, right? Right. Sure. 
And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you know, they always ask the question, you know, like, why do you want to work for this company? And it's like, it's not like I like say like, uh, it's not like I ever wanted to work for uh, Dondu Industries um, <laughs> because I Owned love Dondu Jim. Industries. I would want to work for Dondu Industries because they have a position open that I'm interested in, and they are at going the Tangiers to probably. Right. Right. Yeah, like the Tangiers. Like if I was going to work at the Tangiers Casino in Las Vegas, <laughs> yeah. But uh, these people I talk to, they. They're asking that question for people that are uh, like servers, like waiters. Yeah, that's retarded. That's stupid. yeah. Uh, why? Why do you want to work for this company? Uh, because I just want to make extra money. Like nobody's like, I really want to sling like unfrozen food that you like heated up in an industrial microwave to some asshole who's not going to tip. Like that's nobody's <laughs> right. I really like that. wearing like nearly fake lederhosen. Because they have to have the pieces of flair on the on the suspenders. That's I've been really looking for that as an opportunity. Right. This bright pastel myself. this bright pastel polo shirt that I have to everywhere. I figured yes. my chances nor in my normal clothes of getting my ass kicked just aren't high enough. <laughs> so I figured this Hawaiian themed polo shirt would probably make me an even bigger target on the Chicago so, L train. So I'm really into diabetes. And helping people <laughs> achieve their diabetic goals and really getting there to lose those feet that they don't really need because they're already in a wheelchair. Right. They don't want to walk anywhere. Not because they need it, but because they don't want to walk anywhere. Ah. Right. And, and why are they even using uh, feet to begin with? It's about time that America, we change over to the metric system. And people <laughs> Exactly. So right. they should be walking on their meters. Right. <laughs> All right. I've told a lot of bad fucking jokes. <laughs> that was a goddamn classic. <laughs> that yeah. exactly. Uh, so, um, also another thing is, uh, who do you guys have an iPhone? Dave, you have an iPhone. I right? have an iPhone. Think you have an iPhone? I have a Galaxy S7 Active, exclusive to AT and T. Yeah. Something on the, on the phone that I just like found out on the iPhone like in the past like three three weeks because it's amazing how stupid I am when it comes to an iPhone. Like not it'll take really. me ten minutes to take like a selfie. I'm I, huh? I said not really. What'd you say? Not really. Okay. Well, I'm well, iPhone can be intuitive to the point that it's it's too intuitive and like it, it makes you do shit you don't want to do. But it's doing it for right, like you. My, eight, my eighteen month old daughter knows how to like set up FaceTime and call my mother <laughs> on FaceTime. But for me to navigate, to, just to get to, like, the Yelp app, even though I see, like, the icon on this, like, Yelp still befuddles me on the app. I'm like, all I want to <laughs> do is search for, you know, some pizza place around me. I don't know why I have, like, 10 options. Like, why can't it just... Uh, but anyway, uh, apparently there's a battery saver option, like, <laughs> and no. I when I turn when I turn it on, I can't notice any difference on the phone. So why wouldn't they just make that the default option? Why do you have to turn on the battery saver? I don't option? think GPS runs in battery savers on. Now that's not true because uh, I have the, I have the uh, battery saver on. I use the GPS all the time navigating the city. Plus, I play Pokemon Go. I think and Pokemon Go is very battery intensive. So I think. Uh, <laughs> Let me tell you. I think that the Galaxy phones, since the Galaxy S five, uh, have both power saving, which does like it won't connect to Wi Fi automatic like you it'll only stay connected if you're already connected and it disconnects and it won't automatically turn on some things but it also has something called ultra power save mode which turns your phone black and white and only allows you to use like six apps 
<laughs> but if you let's say you have like 50 percent battery the way that it relegates the power it tells you that your phone will last for six days if you leave it on ultra power save holy shit so I let just, me ask yeah. you this do you have to, do you have to turn that on manually yes oh that's such bullshit like just do it but it, I, I, turn- I mean if i'm going to do everything during the day you know like normal stuff it, it you, you can turn on your normal power save and it'll save some, en- some energy Ultra power save is for like, oh shit, I'm stranded at the airport. I didn't bring my stuff or it's in my my luggage that's on a plane already mm-hmm. in Zimbabwe. You know, like, and I mm-hmm. really need to just stay connected so I can still receive a text message or a call. Um, but honestly, Dave, it lasts four days. Dave, you're raising your hand like you have something smart ass to say? <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of, yeah, I Googled it. And uh, the iPhone battery saver, it turns off fetch. Things it turns off background data, stuff like that. Things happening in the background oh. aren't going to happen. Like fe- like uh, fetch and push notifications, or actually, it'll turn off push notifications. So you have to go fetch them. <laughs> okay, great. Like yeah, when, when my phones when my phone's in power saver, I don't get emails. It turns off my push notifications. See, that's one of those things where I always just like for some reason inherently I think that that starts automatically. So then my phone won't go into power saver mode after 80% or whatever the hell it's supposed to. 20. So I'll get down to 3% and then I'm like, oh shit, I better turn on power saving <laughs> mode only till I get an extra five minutes out of that 3%. Or like, just fucking like go <laughs> into power. Like there should be an option. Just go into power saving mode when the battery gets lower than there X is amount of uh, battery juice. There, no, there, there, there is. Have to turn there, it a little off. icon okay, pops up. up that says power saving <laughs> mode. And the worst thing is when you put power saving mode on, maybe it's when you do it manually, you have to manually mm-hmm. take it off no matter if your battery gets charged or not. And I spent an entire day missing emails because I was in fucking power saving mode, but I didn't realize that my battery was yellow and not green, which means you're in power <laughs> saving mode. So, uh, yeah, it really does have an effect on a few things, but I've never like Pokemon Goad in power saving mode. That rhymes. You just well, you- get the... Or you could just ultra power save and take that last 5% and let it last for like 48 hours. No big deal. Go Samsung. I I just think, well, Well, ultra power saving uh, mode is just a clock. (laughs) Yeah, it's a clock that can receive phone calls. Yes, and text messages. Yeah. But that first phone call, like as soon as it it activates the ringer, kills the phone because you only have 3% battery left. (laughs) No, it saves. It sounds like a MIDI the whole time. Oh, seriously? Like it actually like like takes down the quality of the phone to like the same uh, battery. It takes it. It'll, uh, no, I'll be honest. I don't know. Oh, you're talking I about the ringer phone maybe. calls when I'm in power <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. You should have kept going with that. You- uh yeah, but you know. Yeah, it, it takes uh, the bit rate down to only 29 kilobits per second, so it sounds really grainy, but you can talk for longer. Everyone sounds like this. <laughs> you know that kind of thing. Everyone turns into a robot voice. As it uh. As uh, as it should be. Um, okay. Octo- October 8th, we're having a party at our house. Because remember I talked about how they were filming the TV show in our front yard? Uh-huh. Yeah. They had one light on the corner of our sidewalk and paid us 500 bucks for a half hour. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. So uh, we took that money. We bought really nice cafe lights for the patio. So <laughs> we bought another light. <laughs> <laughs> we used the light money to buy lights. <laughs> Exactly. 
<laughs> anyway, so you're throwing a party with your free money. Actually, go ahead and keep that part in because I was going to say, Dave, you can stop recording now. You can just end on that. <laughs> you get to end on the <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Hey, Dave, real quick, here's a good question to ask you. You uh, know about sports and sports stuff. Somewhat. So the the Cubs clinched whatever it is that they won. What did they win? Like their conference or something like that? They right? won their the division. division. Okay, they won their division. And uh, they've kind of got their ass handed to them since. Yeah. Right? Is that because they're playing like the second and third string to get them reps before the playoffs? Uh, It's that. Yes. And uh, you said reps, right? Yeah, like reps, like plays, giving, like getting them. It's more about giving the other guys rest. He's giving them days off. Gotcha, okay. So they're fresher, and they'll be more raring to go when the playoffs hit. Yeah, they're playing the scrubs, basically. Right, okay. So that, that's yeah. what I was trying to tell Chris. I'm like, I, I don't know shit about it, because she's like, how the Cubs win everything, and they were so far ahead, they could pretty much call the season like two weeks in advance, but they were like losing games to the Milwaukee Brewers by like, Nine points, yeah. and I'm like, well, uh, they have uh, nothing more to gain. Because if I was, huh? Yeah, they have, they have nothing more to gain at this point. They have the top right, yeah, so locked up. Right, so that's what I said. Is they they probably have like the guys who almost never play out there playing, so they can get, be ready for the playoffs. Yeah, because when the minor leagues right. end exactly. on August 31st, 30 days have September, June, and November. So when the minor leagues end on August 31st. They send up, they can send up so many guys to the majors, and they have an expanded roster for the last month of the season. And this is when they get a look at how guys do in the majors for, you know, future blah, blah, blah. Gotcha. Yeah, we're actually going to the uh, the last game next Sunday. I love last oh, game. Cool. See, I used to go, I'm so used to going to like irrelevant Cubs games in September, but never in irrelevant in this fashion. Usually they're on the other side <laughs> yeah. of things. Where they have irrelevant in the for. fact that they've been out for three months. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to get swept. Here's what's going to happen because this is the year where every everything has been so awesome. They're going to get swept in the first three games of the of the playoffs. The only thing that can't happen, that, this is the, the one scenario that will uh, genuinely upset because as much as I'm a fan, I don't let sports rule my life. Like I, I'm not watching the Bears right now. I'm, I'm podcasting instead. But uh, if they get swept in the World Series, not only will that suck, I'm playing a Halloween show that night. And uh, it'll be oh, my so debut. It'll ruin your show. It'll be my debut on the trumpet with a band. <laughs> <laughs> so if they get swept out of the World Series, well, it's like a great night. And then that would be, yeah, that would really put a damper on things. But, well, that uh, just means everything will blow. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a good ending also. So I already did the debut. You can stop recording now. Feel free to throw those whatever. Use your discretion.